Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Well, welcome once again to Life Changers Church. Thank you once again for hosting Life Changers Church in your home. It really is a beautiful time to be alive. It is really a season that God is turning everything bad that the devil sent into something good. That's our God. That's how good our God is. And today I want to talk about the beautiful pearl of great price. And in, Ma in Matthew, Chapter 13, verse 45 and 46, Jesus tells an incredible parable that I love so much, but I misunderstood for so long. And he said again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. What a powerful picture of God's love for you. And I really want you to see it that way, because for so many years, most preachers that I heard and, and for most of for many of the years as a young Christian for me, I thought that the pearl of great price was Jesus and that we were selling everything we had to buy him. But I got news for you. Jesus isn't for sale, but your soul was. You see, it was our soul that was lost. It was our soul that was possessed by Satan's control. When Adam and Eve gave power of the earth to Satan, Jesus took it back so he give it back to us and Jesus took it back so he could buy us back from sin, from the slavery of sin, from the bondage of fear, from the power of Satan and translate us from the power of Satan to the power of God, you know, and I'll come back to this in a moment. But in 2017, something extraordinary happened at Christie's, the legendary auction house that sells the greatest treasures of the art world. In a historic moment, the gavel came down on a record breaking sale of the most expensive painting in the world sold to the highest bidder was Leonardo da Vinci's savior of the world. Believe it or not, savior of the world, which went for four hundred and fifty million dollars. Beyond the sale of a work so precious, many paintings housed in museums never come up for auction at all. Do you know why? Because they're considered priceless, such as the case of Leonardo's Mona Lisa, which is insured for eight hundred and thirty million dollars. That painting, one painting is insured for eight hundred and thirty million dollars, though its true value is incalculable. It will never be sold to anyone. That's why it's priceless. Well, let's take a look then. And what I want you to take a look at is you. And what I want us to take a look at is the real value of you. And you don't have to go very far to find out how valuable you are to God. What is your valuable? What is your value? How does God value you? You know, you don't have to look much further than Mark, Chapter eight, verse thirty seven, where Jesus says, what does it profit a man? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? 
and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? One translation says, what will it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world but lose his soul? In other words, Jesus is drawing a comparison and he's saying, if you could possess all of the wealth of this world, if you could gather in all the wealth in the entire earth and around the universe, it still would pale in comparison to the value of your soul. And something miraculous happens in your life when you understand your value. Several miraculous things happen in your life when you understand your value. And I'll get to those things in a moment. But I want you to see and I want you to understand what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Your soul is more valuable than all the riches of this world. And what is your soul? So often we interchange it with our spirit, our soul. Well, our spirit is the born again part of us, but our soul is our personality. It houses who we are. It's the heart to feel. It's the mind to think and it's the will to decide. The heart to feel It's where our emotions are. The mind to think it's where our thought life is and the will to decide the will to choose. And this is where spiritual warfare really is. It's in the battle for who's going to control or what's going to control the decision making process of your life. And when you understand how valuable you are, you can see how that will change the decisions that you make. So many people make decisions to find value. So many people make bad choices to try to obtain value or to try to feel valuable. But you really don't need to do anything except to discover your value. And that's why when I take you back to Matthew, chapter 13, verse 45, when he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. We're not the merchant. God is the merchant. We weren't the ones seeking him. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, you're the beautiful pearl. And the reason why it says he was seeking beautiful pearls is because the kingdom of heaven truly is. God is not just seeking one. God is seeking beautiful pearls. Every one of them, every human being that he created is a beautiful pearl. And he's seeking each and every one of us. And it's up to us to decide whether to respond to him or not. But he's seeking every human being from the time mankind fell. God had a plan to find what was lost. And that's why it says he's seeking beautiful pearls, but then he isolates it. And when he had found one pearl of great price, in other words, each soul is worth it to God when he found you to go and sell all that he has to buy you back from the bondage of sin and from the power of the devil and from the power of your pain, and from the power of your past. Jesus traded his blood for the most valuable thing in the world, equal to his blood. And that's you. You see, if all it would have taken was the blood of a horse or the blood of a goat, then God would have done that. But he knew you're more valuable than a goat. 
You're more valuable than a cow. You're more valuable than some animal. So he buys you back for the only price that would prove and validate how much value he actually places upon you. The blood of Jesus for the Bible says in first Peter chapter one, we weren't redeemed with silver or gold, which perishes, but by the precious blood of the lamb. You've been redeemed, purchased back by the spotless, unblemished blood of Jesus Christ. You were bought, it says in verse 19, with precious blood because you are precious to God, so precious. You know, when you talk about and when you try to define the soul, it's really important that we understand what gives us our value. So when you know that the soul is where your dreams are centered in, it's where your power to choose is centered in. It's what it's where we get all of the power in our lives to make the decisions that will lead to success or failure in our relationships and in our bodies and in our with our finances, with every area of our lives, with eternity for that matter. So let me tell you why your soul is so valuable so that you understand this. Four things determine the value of your soul. Number one, the design of your soul makes it valuable. The design you have been made like God. You have been designed just like him with all the emotions he has, with all the creativity, with the problem solving skills, with all the speech and thoughts that have the power to be just like him. When your mind is renewed with the word of God, which is what we come to do every time we're together, renew our minds to the word of God. What we do every time we read our Bibles, we're renewing our minds to to conform our soul back to what it was originally intended to be like, to be like God. It's design. The design of your soul makes it valuable. No computer even comes close to imitating what you and I can do. It doesn't even come close. Don't worry. No robot is ever going to be able to replace you because no robot is going to have the valuable soul that only God could breathe into you. <sighs> Number two, what makes you so valuable is the designer makes the soul valuable. The design, how he designed it to be in his image and the designer who actually is the one who designed your soul. God is the one. The designer makes something valuable. You take two purses, one's a, you know, a, a knockoff. One's a knockoff Chanel purse. If Chanel makes purses, I'm just trying to think of expensive stuff. If Chanel makes a purse and it's a knockoff. It looks like it, but it doesn't. It's not the real thing. Guess what? If it's not got the real designer on it, the real designer label, 
It's just a fake. It's just a spin-off. It's just a copy. It's not the real thing. That thing doesn't have value. But if something's truly been designed by Chanel, if it's truly from Chanel factory because of the designer, it may be exactly the same material as the one that's some other name or some other knockoff brand. But the designer gives it more value. You're designed by something so much better than Armani, something so much better than Chanel, something so much better than Javinci or Gavinci or Da Vinci or whoever. Your, your designer is God. So the designer makes it valuable, your soul. Listen, God made you. You're not an accident. Doesn't matter who you came through. You came through your parents, but you came from God. You came through your mom and dad, but you came from God. You were his idea. That makes you so valuable. The almighty, the infinite, the eternal, the only true God designed you. The third thing that makes your soul so valuable is the durability of your soul. You know, when you buy a car or a house, you want to buy something that's going to last, right? That determines how valuable it is, how long it can last in good condition or great condition. Um, no, there's no good buying something. It does you no good buying something and then having to replace it really quickly. It doesn't have durability, but the body will one day die. Your soul made in the image of God, though, will exist forever. The body will rot, but the soul is eternal. It's immortal. It's durable. You think about what you've been through in life. You've been through heartache. You've been through brokenness. You've been through loss. You've lost loved ones. You've lost money. You've lost health at times. We've all been through losses. We've all hit the bottom at times in our lives. But what's happened? You got back up. What happens when you fall? You get back up. What happens when you hit rock? bottom? You get back up. That's because your soul is so durable. You see, not any creature can endure what humanity can endure. We've made it through so many things as a people, as the human race, but also as an individual, you're durable. Your soul can make it through anything. Your soul can make it through failure. Your soul can make it through defeat. Your soul can make it through depression. Your soul is durable. It can make it through anything. You remember the battery, the Duracell battery that can last forever, the EverReady battery that can last forever, keeps on going. These, they, they try to display the durability of these batteries to determine and to show you how valuable they were. But you are so much more valuable than a Duracell battery. You are a Duracell human being made in the image of God and your durability makes you valuable. Your bounce back power, your get back up power. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. You say, how many times will I be able to get up? Let me tell you something. You will always be able to get up one more time than you've fallen. You'll always be able to get up one 
more time than the amount of times that you've fallen. That's how durable your soul is. What are you going through right now? You're going to make it. What are you facing right now? You're going to get through it. What seems like it's hopeless, God's going to bring you through. Your soul is durable. It lasts forever. And number four, the fourth thing that establishes the value of your soul is the demand that is placed upon your soul. You know, what makes a certain restaurant more valuable than another is the demand upon that restaurant. What makes something more valuable than something else is wherever there is greater demand that has and brings with it automatically greater value. And there's something about you that you need to know about your soul. And the Bible says that Satan has demanded. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has demanded to sift your soul like wheat. Satan is placing a demand on your soul. In other words, your soul is so valuable. Satan wants it. And your soul is so valuable. God wants it. But God paid for it. Satan robbed it. Satan came to steal, kill and destroy. Religion came to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus placed a demand on your soul and said, here, I pay for it all. And I redeem you. You know, many years ago, some of you will remember the story. Nine year old Bobby sat alone for hours and hours carving out of wood, his little sailboat that he made became his favorite toy. When Bobby was finally finished working on it, he hurriedly carried his new boat to the edge of the river near his house, a little creek near his house. He carefully placed the boat in the water and marveled at how smoothly it sailed. For the next hour, Bobby sat in the warm sunshine, admiring his little boat that he had built by himself. But then suddenly a strong gust of wind whipped up along the water and with it a current that caught the boat. Bobby tried to pull it back to the shore on the string it was attached to, but the string broke. And when the string broke, the little boat raced downstream. He ran along. Bobby ran along the sandy shore as fast as he could, but his little boat slipped out of sight. Bobby had lost his most prized possession. All afternoon, he searched for it to no avail. Finally, when it was too dark to look any longer, Bobby gave up and sadly walked home. A few days later, on the way back home from walking home from school, Bobby spotted a boat that looked just like his in a store window. When he got closer, he could see it. Sure enough, that was Bobby's boat. So Bobby hurried right to the store manager. He said, sir, that's my boat in your window. I made it. That's my boat. I made it. Sorry, son. The manager responded, but someone else brought that boat in this morning 
They said they found it down by the river. If you want it, you'll have to buy it for five dollars. Well, Bobby's nine years old. This is years ago. But Bobby didn't give it a second thought. Five dollars was all the money he had. He ran home as fast as he could and he counted all the money exactly five dollars. And when he came back and reached the store, he rushed to the counter and he said, here is the money for my boat. It's mine. As he left the store, Bobby hugged his little boat so tight, as tight as he could. And he said to that little boat, he said, now you're twice mine. He held that that boat so tight in his arms. He said, now you're twice mine. First, I made you. And now I've bought you. First, I made you. And now I bought you. How dearly that little boy loved the boat that he made and now the boat that he bought. And you know what? That's just how God is with you. When he sent Jesus to die for you and me, it was like Bobby finding that boat, getting all his money, throwing it down on the table. Give me back my boat. That's what God did for you. Jesus came with his blood, gave it all on the cross, nailed it to the cross, went down into hell and said, give me back those keys of the kingdom. Give me back the authority of this earth that you stole from Adam and Eve. I'm taking it back. I paid for it. And he took all the souls with him that were in Abraham's bosom. And he said, come on, child, you're mine now. First, I made you and now I bought you. You're free. You're redeemed. And that's how God feels about you. He hugs you so tight. Listen, this is how the father feels about you. He's got his arms around you because first he made you. And now he bought you. You're so valuable to him. You're so, so valuable to him. Think about those words for a moment, a moment longer. First, I made you. Now I bought you. If you ever think that you're not worth much or your mistakes have destroyed your value, or you feel insignificant. I want you to realize how God feels about you. Just like Bobby's little boat. You're twice his. You're twice his. What would it take for somebody to want something twice? It would take that thing being really, really valuable. And to pay the highest price not silver, not gold, but the precious, spotless blood of Jesus. He paid the highest price. He bought you back. God gave Adam and Eve authority in the earth. They bowed their knee to Satan. When they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Satan controlled the world and the earth. That's why when God said to When Satan came to God about Job and said, let me let me at this guy. He'll curse you. 
He'll renounce you. He'll deny you. And God said, no, he won't. But you know what? He's under your power. He didn't say, now I give you power over Job. Job was under Satan's power because all of humanity was under Satan's power since Adam and Eve sinned until Jesus came. So when God said he's under your power, except you can't take his life because his soul is eternal. So when Satan smote Job, it wasn't because God gave him permission. It was because Adam and Eve gave Satan permission because Adam and Eve gave, gave Satan their authority. That's why when Jesus came, that's why he had to take it all back by blood. He had to pay the full price. But when he came back, when he came and when he paid that price, he got the authority back from Satan legally, spiritually by blood. And then he redeems us. And guess what? Now he's the heir of all things. Jesus is, but he makes us joint heirs and gives us his power and gives us his authority in the same way that God had originally given to Adam and Eve. Only this time it is contained inside of your born again, new created spirit that is untouchable by Satan. It is foolproof. Your born again spirit is untouchable, but your mind is affected and impacted by your past, by your pain, by your people, by how you grew up, by the mistakes you made, the sins you've committed, the things that have damaged your soul. And that's why the process, that's why your proves your soul is so valuable because it's it's indestructible, but it has to be restored. And as God restores your soul through the renewing of your mind, through the healing of your of your heart, brokenness in your life. You begin to be able to carry out the authority that God has placed inside of you. You begin to rule over your emotions and you begin to rule over your decisions and you begin to rule over your heart. You begin to watch over it with all diligence. You begin to pray with power. You begin to live with joy. You begin to forgive by God's grace. You begin to love yourself and accept the special uniqueness about who you are as a human being. Your soul so precious, you know. So often people have been beat down by their mistakes, their heartaches. They feel low self-worth. That's why I'm sharing this. You see, when you know your value, when you know how valuable you are, worry leaves your life. He said, hey, look at the sparrows. Look at the lilies. Jesus said, you see, when Jesus said, look at when Jesus said, go look outside, look at the birds. He meant that. If you go and look at the birds, if you go and study the birds, if you go in and, and examine how not one of them falls to the ground 
without your father taking notice. And not one of them is ever without food. Like you might think you got your little bird thing where you put the seed in and somehow you're <laughs> the source of that. You know what? Maybe God's using you to feed that bird. But if you don't put the bird seed out there, I guarantee you that bird will find a worm. I guarantee you that bird will find something to eat because I've never seen a bird who's fasting. I've never seen a bird on a diet. I've never all the birds I've seen. They got some, you know, they got the the pot belly thing going. And that is for real. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. He said they neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into bars that your heavenly father feeds them. And he says, aren't you of more value than them? He said, which of you by worrying can add anything to your life? So why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field. Why worry about your needs? Look at the lilies of the field. I know it seems so simple, but we sometimes we don't look at the most obvious things. He said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at how they grow. They don't toil, nor they nor do they spin. Matthew chapter six, verse 29 goes on to say, look at what he says. It's a beautiful passage of scripture when he says, and yet, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these lilies. Now, if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow's thrown into the fire, will not he much more clothed you. Oh, you of little faith. You know, he says he's not necessarily condemning you for having little faith. He's saying even with a little faith, God will clothe you. Don't worry, then, he says. What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What are you going to clothe yourself with for your the world eagerly seeks these things? But your father, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He knows you need. He knows what you need. If he clothes the lilies, if he clothes and feeds the birds, and yet you have so much more value, you have so much more worth than they. You know how we should wake up every day expecting our heavenly father is going to provide. We're seeking we're looking to him when he says, seek first the kingdom. It's not some effort on our part to look at God's kingdom, look at God's way of doing things. First, seek first his kingdom. Well, what do we learn about the kingdom? And then he says, you know what it says and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. But what do we learn about the kingdom? Here's what we learned. Go back to our original scripture, Matthew 13, 45 in the New King James Bible. You remember it. Look at what Jesus said. The kingdom is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold everything that he had and bought it. You 
are the beautiful pearl of great price. When you understand that. You stop worrying. When you understand that. You pray with confidence. When you understand your soul's worth. It'll always improve how you treat yourself, how you respect other people. You see, when you realize how much worth your soul has that Jesus would pay that dear a price to buy you back from Satan, to buy you back from sin, to buy you back from fear, to buy you back from the bondage that Adam and Eve put upon every man and every woman and every all of mankind, that Jesus would pay that dear of a price. You know what will happen is we're looking for what's going to heal our cities, what's going to heal our nations, what's going to stop the violence, what's going to stop the crime, what's going to stop all of the racial issues, what's going to stop all the pain, all the suffering. It's when we truly value ourselves and understand what kind of value that God places upon us when we understand that we are that pearl of great price. You're not a wretched creature that God had pity on and decided I'll go ahead and save you and send my son to die for you. He didn't die for trash. He died for treasure. He didn't die for some cheap, broken thing. He died. He didn't die for some fake pearl. He died for you, you beautiful pearl. You I just I cuss you out with this. You're a beautiful pearl. There's not a beautiful, more beautiful pearl than you are. That's how we should cuss each other. out. That's how we should look at each other. That's how we should talk about each other. You beautiful pearl, you you pearl of great price. It's amazing. God went and sold everything he had to buy you. You see, we condemn people. We look down at people. We tease people. We were sarcastic to people because we don't understand how valuable we are. So we look at them the same way without value. But that's not how God looks at us. He looks at us with such value that he purchases us and says, now you're twice mine. First, I made you. Now I bought you. You're twice his. But so is the person down the other side of the tracks. So is the person who's homeless. So is the person in Africa, the person in China, the person who's starving in India, wherever anybody is on the street corner of Chicago or in a palace in Saudi Arabia. Every human being's value is determined by the price or it's proven by the price that Jesus paid to have each of us. Your value is not determined by how much money you have, what you look like, what kind of degree you have. No, it's determined by the four things I told you, the design, the designer, the durability, and the demand of your soul. And that's what Satan's trying to sift like wheat. Your understanding of your value to God. This is why people are hurting each other. This is why people take other people's lives for selfish reasons, for greed. I'm not talking about self-defense, but I'm talking about when somebody hurts another person out of the violence that's in their heart. Where does that come from? No value of life. No realization of how incredibly value, valuable 
God sees you. This will solve the world's problems, gang. This will solve our own city here, the problems and for our global family all over the world. This is the solution. There is no other solution. Jesus came. Every other solution is like a patch. It's to patch something up temporarily. The thing that will really solve and stop violence is the value we place upon human life. Boy, we place sometimes more value on animals than we do on humans and animals are valuable. But Jesus didn't shed his blood for them. He shed his blood for you. You're more valuable. And boy, when you get a hold of that, you lose your hate, you lose your rage, you lose your anger, you stop worrying, you start trusting the designers got me. I'm in his hands. He values me. He sent Jesus for me when I was lost in sin and separated from God. Why won't he send some money if I need it? Why won't he send a friend if I need it? Why won't he answer my? He will. When you understand that he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? You see how this is, has a ripple effect in every area of your life. And I'll close with this thought. This is why Jesus came, even though he was the greatest teacher of all time, the greatest speaker, the greatest man, the greatest human, the greatest soul, the greatest healer, the greatest deliverer. He's all of those things. But he truly came to announce your value and to prove he really came to announce your value and to prove your worth. He really came and sold everything to buy one beautiful pearl of great price. If you're sitting out there today and you've never received Jesus Christ into your life as your savior and Lord, I want you to pray right now. I want to invite you to this family of God and have him be your heavenly father. He went to a lot of trouble to get a hold of you. He went to a lot of trouble to pay for your sins. He went to a lot of trouble to take the authority back from Satan and give it back to you. Won't you take him into your heart? Won't you take him into your life? Won't you take him into your soul? Won't you let won't you open the door and let him in? Your whole life will change just by saying yes to Jesus. You'll change instantly in your spirit and you'll change day by day in your soul. The most valuable part. The heart to feel, the mind to think and the will to decide. You're surrendering your soul to Jesus and accepting his sacrifice for your sins. Soul for a soul, a soul for a soul. He gave his to buy yours. 
Pray with me right now if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And Lord, pray this out loud right where you are. Just say, Heavenly Father, I believe you love me and you sent Jesus to die for me. Just say that. And you sent Jesus to die for me. And from this moment forward, I'm your child because you washed away my sins. Just say that you washed away my sins by your precious blood. And you showed me how valuable that I am to you. In Jesus name. Amen. You're his child now. Congratulations. You're the pearl of great price he's been looking for. Yes, you. Each one of us. And I pray for each of us in this life changers, global family, local family all over the world. Lord, open our eyes. I pray, Lord, open each of our eyes to understand how valuable that we really are to understand how precious we really are. Let our sense of worth and value go through the roof and truly be a reflection of the way you see us, Lord. I pray for every person that's considering suicide, every person that is about to make a bad decision because they don't value themselves. Lord, awaken them to their true self, awaken them to their true value, awaken them to the incredible beauty of their soul. In Jesus name. Amen. If you need prayer, if you need anything, would you call us? There'll be a number on your screen or you you should be able to email us or contact us on any of our platforms. We're here for you. We'll pray for you. We'll believe with you. And guess what? Let's stay connected and let's stay together because guess what's going to happen? Everything is going to be all right. I love you guys and we'll see you Wednesday night for Bible study. God bless.